Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business show. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking about you and your business. And let's face it, that uh, which is crime-related is all of our business. Uh, Jimmy Gearing, she's been on the show a couple of times before. She is the author of the uh, critically acclaimed Mad Men in the Woods, and we just captured her, uh, got this into, this into time with her, following her to the U.K., for uh, an award that she was a finalist for for her book as as a best new true crime author, what a phenomenal um, uh, acknowledgement and uh, congratulations for that and congratulations on your book, which is a phenomenal book. I, I love it. I love its personal nature. I love the fact that uh, it, it, it's uh, unlike so much of the work on him that that tries to be, you know, extremely personal about him or analytical about him when ultimately they don't know him. Uh, your book is really much, very much a summation and examination of Ted Kaczynski and the world he lived in. Of course, we wanted you on with his passing last weekend. Uh, I was frankly kind of surprised that he committed suicide, which is, is what it appears that he has done because he'd been in there so long. And if there was ever a loner who liked being you know, alone, it was Ted Kaczynski. And uh, and uh, so I, I, there's a lot there for me to work with. Jamie, welcome to the program. I'll let you run with that. And, uh, and uh, glad to have you back. Yes, Kevin, thank you. It's so great to be here again. And um, although a little bit jet lagged, very, very happy to chat today. So yes, I'm, and thank you for your kind words on the book. I mean, many say that this, this braided memoir that I've written is not just true crime, it is true life, and it is very personal to me. So thank you for acknowledging that. Um, yes, I was in the UK when I heard of the news of Kaczynski's passing. And, you know, the, the final autopsy has not been concluded, so we don't, we don't have a specific cause of death at this point still. But, yes, there definitely um, nods to a potential suicide. And, yes, that, that definitely shocked me as well. His death did not, was not surprising, as I knew this day was coming. I knew that he was ill. Um, but there's, there's a lot of complicated emotions tied up in, I think, the cause of death and then just, the, really the relief of um, an end of an era in some sort. Yes. Now, do you know what he was, the illness he had? Um, yes. So I had found a letter that he had penned from prison stating that he had cancer and that he ah. only um, had a couple of years to live. And so he was being treated for that, and you know, it, he did uh, at one point prior to this try to commit suicide as he was awaiting trial in Sacramento in 1998. Yeah, yeah. So it's not a first time uh, that, that, but you know, when he sees for, I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking he's more likely committed suicide because of the cancer uh, rather than being alone or lonely. Uh, it strikes me that that really did not profoundly uh, impact him uh, in, in a way that was negative to him. I think it obviously had a negative impact. I think it, it fueled a lot of his uh, problems that, that led to becoming a unit bomber because uh, uh, that preceded becoming that. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, and again, a speculation. I, I didn't know him. Uh, you know way more about him than I, I did. Uh, but the, the speculation there. So, but you too were surprised by uh, the, him him taking his life. 
I I was. Um, I didn't foresee that. And, you know, going through, um, you know, bearing witness to someone who my father went through cancer treatment and passed away from cancer. And it is painful and demoralizing. And, you know, when you look at that, when you look at what he was going through, it, it, it wouldn't be a surprise if it is found that it is 100% definitive that Ted Kaczynski took his own life. Yeah. Yeah. Now, let's talk, just to remind the, uh, the listener uh, when you were on the show, the book is about the fact that you were essentially a neighbor of Ted Kaczynski. Talk about that. Refresh the memory uh, and what you remember observing. And you were young when a lot of this took place. Yeah, the the history is um, <laughs> very much ingrained in us. So my family sold Ted Kaczynski and his brother David their property in 1971. And shortly after that, Ted built his 10 by 12 cabin, um, no running water, no electricity there outside of Lincoln, Montana. Our family's land surrounded Ted's. And for 25 years, uh, we were his neighbor. I was born in 1980s and he was arrested in 1996 so there were 16 years there uh, where he was especially in those early years coming over to our home bringing me gifts as a child having dinner with my parents in those very early years in the 80s and even playing pinochle with him um hard to imagine now but it, it still came as a huge shock to us even though his behavior had changed and evolved through the years that he was, in fact, the Unabomber killing three and injuring over 20 people in a 17-year reign of domestic terror. Yeah, it's really unbelievable. So in that time frame, so here you got a guy who's capable of bringing gifts and capable of sharing meals and capable of playing games. Long before, uh, you know, he got arrested, you had to have seen a change in all that. Do you have any idea what it looked like, uh, you know, and, and maybe what even led to that? It was very, it was gradual. And so even in the late um, 70s, early 80s, he presented as a an odd neighbor, a hermit of sorts. And, um, you know, he... <laughs> His hair was a, it was a mess, and he had dirt on his hands, and his, his clothing was torn and such. But it was through the years, it was not only his appearance um, became more extreme, his behavior became more erratic. And, you know, it did happen slowly in our eyes, but by the time he was arrested, the um, the frequency of his, you know, even his sightings was, was much less. He he was very um, purposeful. He would, you know, he would come to our home and ask what time it was, what day it was, things like that. But as the um, arrest closed in in the 90s, he, he was a completely different person to us. Yeah, yeah. And but you, you, you have a very difficult time figuring out what the, the demarcation line was. When did he stop hanging out with you all? He, um, so my mother left Lincoln, Montana in 83, and after that, my father um, started dating and then married my stepmother, Wendy. And it was at that time that 
had really stopped spending time at, you know, at the home or, or with us. Um, but he still would come by. He still, you know, there's, um, there's a time in which he actually drank a beer in the driveway with my, my father and my stepmother. And so visits still did happen. It just wasn't as frequent. And there was even a time, even though, you know, we found that Ted had sabotaged my father's sawmill and put him out of business for a short time, he actually had worked on the mill for a day with my father and stepmother. So very much, um, like I said, very much a um, staple, I suppose, in my childhood. Yeah, and so so well into the 80s, well into the mid to late 80s. Yes, yes. Yeah, and, and you mentioned the mill before, and I meant to ask then, but I don't know why I didn't, but uh, on that sabotage, was that petty, some kind of interpretation of your, your dad uh, doing something that he wanted revenge on, or was that even the beginning, early beginning of uh, – the, his disdain for technology, which drove his terror, his, his disdain for uh, modernity, I guess you could say. You know? Well, in, 19, yeah, in 1971, when Ted moved to Lincoln, Montana, he had already started putting plans in place for his, um, you know, his revolution and the attack on modern-day technology. And so that wasn't a new concept to him. However, no. the, um, the very small sawmill that my parents operated, um, you know, it, it was a representation of the Industrial Revolution of sorts, of modern-day technology and the, in just the timber industry. And so I think that by itself, um, definitely angered Ted, and the, there was noise from it. There were people coming, outsiders, to purchase lumber and, you know, additional eyes and ears around him. And so I think all of that combined really led to him taking action, although it was most likely in the middle of the night and in secret because, of course, he's been hiding as the Unabomber at the time. And you never were able to, able to get him convicted. He was just accused. He actually um, admitted to it, and it was yeah, oh. it was never it was it was after his arrest. So it was it was beside the point at that point because it it had happened so many years prior, and there wasn't there wasn't much recourse at that point. Right when you finally got around to that, yeah. Yeah, you know, when you live next door to someone like that, he's probably going to get deferred adjudication or probation, and you still have him next door. I mean, that's literally the, uh, you know, attacking a hornet's nest and hoping not to have any consequences. So I can understand the caution. It, it just let bygones be bygones. Um, getting near the end, I have to wrap it up, but I do want to get some uh, final thoughts, some takeaways, any reflections you have uh, on his passing and, and really, like you mentioned, it is the end of an era. Yes, it is. And, and even though it is, it brings up, again, so many complicated emotions for me because he is inextricably tied to my, my childhood in so many ways. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a reminder that I, I suppose my childhood monster is, is gone in many ways. Um, 
but it's still difficult to sort of reconcile. And I think I'm still processing it. I hope that, um, you know, the, the, his victims, the family members of his victims, um, you know, find some peace in this, especially, you know, Thomas Moser's family, Hugh Scruton's, Gilbert Murray's, all people that had passed away because of his actions. I really do hope those families find peace and, he, and, and all that were affected by the ripple effect of his violence. And that includes his own brother, David Kaczynski. So many of the victims and those affected are very much um, on my mind and in my heart uh, um, upon his passing. Yeah, I've seen interviews with David and, uh, you know, and of course he played a pivotal role in uh, Kaczynski getting arrested and uh, turning his brother in. That, that's a very hard thing to do. Talk about uncomfortable future Thanksgivings uh, when that kind of thing is happening <laughs> in the family. And uh, there is a lot of people that, uh, you know, are victims and remain impacted all these years later. I encourage people to check out jamiegearing.com. That's J-A-M-I-E-G-E-H-R-I-N-G.com. Thanks so much for being with us, Jamie. Look forward to future conversations. Do you have any future books in the work? Um, I do not have any future books, just a few pieces I'm writing right now that um, hopefully can be announced soon. Well, I look forward to keeping up with your activities, and thanks so much for being with us. I am Kevin Price. This is The Price of Business. Stay tuned for more after this. <laughs> 